guys, what's up? It's Kyle Murphy, and you're listening to uh, Down in the Valley with Appeal. It looks like we're ready to rock and roll. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of uh, Down in the Valley. This is now episode number uh, 12, and today we're going to be talking about the uh, home opener, obviously. Um, but first, let's go ahead and uh, get introduced myself. My name is uh, Edson Ochoa, if you are new here around here. And um, you're listening to Down in the Valley, uh, a part of the BGN uh, network, the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, be sure to check them out at uh, bgn.fm. Um, on their Twitter, follow them at, at uh, the BG, BGN FM, and uh, you can also check out the other BGN podcasts like the USL Show, the Back Chat Show, Sock Takes, and many many others. Really really good uh, USL uh, podcasts you can check out, and also be sure to check out uh, the BGN's uh, sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of the MLS, NCAA, and the USL, obviously. And with that being said, let's go ahead and welcome uh, everybody's favorite Toros writer, Carson Merck. What's up, Carson? Not too much, and that's an honor to be the favorite Toros writer. And also, I think it would be crazy if someone was listening to the show and didn't know who Ethan Ochoa was. But that's aside from the point. Well, you know, uh, thankfully, it, the the channel, the, the podcast has been growing. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be... So, uh, some new people out there that not only will be probably watching the stream, maybe even uh, where they can also check out our, our podcast, uh, Apple Music, uh, Google Play Store, uh, SoundCloud, and on Stitcher, which is all all pretty much brand new. But uh, man, Carson, the USL season is finally, finally here. And um, honestly, it, it lived up to its expectations. I watched so much USL soccer last weekend. It was ridiculous. I, I found myself watching matches that I couldn't care any less about. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely nice to have USL back in action. Definitely, definitely. But uh, let's go ahead and specifically uh, talk about the Toros. What did you think of the game? Did uh, did it live up to its expectations? Did, did they uh, do more than you thought that they were going to do? Or was it a little bit underwhelming? I was I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't come out with a victory. And actually, if you look back, we haven't won uh, either of our two previous season openers. We actually lost both of them. So mm-hmm. uh, draw is a step in the right direction. Um, yeah, I was definitely I was pleasantly surprised um, on both ends. I was uh, impressed by the attack. Um, they seemed to be uh, playing pretty positive. You know, brand of soccer, and then that back line was rock solid, especially Connor Donovan and Kyle Adams. So I was, I was overall impressed. There wasn't really any uh, specific area where I was super disappointed or was uh, surprised at. I was I was definitely came away with, with good thoughts, especially moving forward in the season. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, uh, from what we saw in preseason, you know, we had an idea what the back line was going to was gonna be like. like. Um, but the surprise was actually that they actually, or Jerson Echeverry actually started uh, Saldivar and when he had barely been announced, I think, like a couple of days before. Yeah, he looked good. I, he was one where 
Um, I would like to consider myself, like you said, a pretty decent writer. I had no idea who he was. Um, but going into it with, I guess, no expectations, I was very pleasantly surprised by him. Um, he did a good job moving the ball forward from that midfield uh, for the Pablo Aguilar. But, uh, yeah, Zavadar was good. And, again, like you said, I was when I saw that, I was like, okay, kind of kind of a random you know, insertion in the lineup. But uh, apparently Gerson knows what he's doing because he played well. Well, I you know that I think the day that it was it was announced, I I'm guessing it was like a fan or somebody who follows Argentine soccer, because uh, I think it was actually the day of it was last week uh, exactly because it was during the podcast that I that I was doing with uh, Sean that it was that I received the notification and they actually sent me sent me a YouTube link uh, from some you know some of his highlights and I think he looked he looked really really good. And uh, so hopefully he, he was able to bring some of that uh, with RGV. And honestly, I did I did see some some of that spark that uh, they told me he had, and I really really enjoyed how he played. I it might take a little while for uh, Todd to get to get used to having somebody that's more attack oriented uh, beside him in, in the midfield because uh, he's usually you know he's usually played uh, next to uh, Jorginho James. But so far, they they looked pretty decent. Yeah, I think the the midfield did an especially good job in uh, those tight areas where you know you get a pass either from the back line or even from you know Todd Wharton who's playing a little deeper. And rather than get dispossessed, Aguilar and Zalvador both were able to. That's going to be really confusing all season seeing both of those names next to each other. But mm-hmm. um, they both did a good job of, you know, keeping the ball, making a move, get past that initial defender, and then get towards that back line because, you know, the more you're able to pressure the back line, everything kind of opens up. Yeah, definitely. So let's go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's go over the uh, the starting eleven. I'm sure you'll like this if you're probably watching the the stream right now. Okay, so we had in goalkeeper. It was actually a surprise because we thought uh, that it was going to be Matt Sanchez who was going to start in in the goalkeeper po- position, but no, it was actually uh, Nico Cordy who who started uh, in the goalkeeper. And honestly, he did really good. He he had that that huge save. I don't remember exactly who who shot that. You know, from uh, the from St. Louis, but it was a beautiful diving save. I think it was, I think it was Herzog, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, that was definitely a, a serious, a serious save, and um, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't up for uh, save of the week. No, honestly, yes, uh, I saw it. I think they released it. They released it today, and I was extremely mad because there was minimum, like I posted, there was like a minimum of two saves that did make uh, the save of the week list that I felt that were not as spectacular or, or or difficult than uh Nico Cordy's. But I mean, you know, I just I just feel like they kinda push away the Toros. At least that you know, that's my personal feel. Yeah, they even they even had the uh that former Toro, that bum Callum Irving up there. Callum Irving, yeah. Yeah. Well that that was yeah. actually a beautiful that was actually a spectacular it was, save. It was a good save, but I think he gave up four goals. I think I would have disqualified him based on that. <laughs> Well, you know that 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 is true, and it honestly, I'm surprised because I, you know, I'm surprised that uh, Calumet let in four. You know, I'm used to I'm used to seeing him, you know, 
being, a, you know, what he showed here when he was at RGV in 2016. So, well, uh, I mean, but definitely yeah, it does help. He, he might he might be a victim of playing behind the worst back line. Obviously, that, that 2016 back line with the Toros was ridiculous. Yes. Um, Ottawa's is definitely not as, as sturdy, so um, that could be part of it. But um, being that he is a friend, I, I prefer just to assume he's a horrible goalkeeper and let all four of you shots in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, thank, thankfully we have we we actually don't have just one, but two good good goalkeepers, and that's what uh, Gerson was talking about uh, last week. You know, have you know some sort of competition between uh, all positions, and it's going to be. I think he said the term he used was going to be hell to try to to try to figure out who is going to start because both of them are just really really good. I just it's nice, and, and it even goes back to again. Always going back to the glory days of 2016, mm-hmm. like a decade ago. Um, even back then, you had Devin Perales and Callum. So both of those guys, I was confident when you put them in goal. Last year, Borja was pretty solid. Marco Carducci, not so much. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have that last year. But definitely, it's good to have two good goalkeepers rather than zero. Yeah, uh, honestly. So what is your – I want to hear your point of view on the St. Louis goal? It was, I honestly thought it was an own goal the first, like, five times I watched it, but then I guess, he, you know, he did kind of make the little acrobatic um, finish there. It, it's just one of those, I mean, set-piece defense. I don't think there was a huge error on the mm-hmm. Toros' part. I mean, sometimes set-pieces especially, they happen. The goals are going to be scored on those. Teams practice them all the time. Um, obviously, you have the first shot hit the post, and then you know bounce right back in the front. So I think it was it was unfortunate. It wasn't one where I was you know disturbed by a horrible you know lapse in marking or anything like that. I think it was a it was a good goal. You know, it sucks, but um, it, it happens. Yeah, I I just at least I I felt that uh, Nico Cordy could have had more of a command of of that six box uh, the six yard box. Um, just, I just felt that, I think is my point of view that you cannot let an attacker hit the ball inside your, inside your six, six yard box. And, uh, he got lucky on the first one that it hit the crossbar, but it, the unlucky part was that the rebound like went where there was a, a St. Louis attacker right, right there. So, man, you know. I was I was really I was really excited that we were gonna get the three points and then just like five minutes later, boop, oh no! Those, that is the worst feeling as a soccer fan and as I assume a soccer player. Yeah, definitely. So and then we talked about as well as the defenders. We had uh, uh, Kai Green, uh, Connor Donovan, Kyle Adams, and uh, Derek Luke. And honestly, I did see an improvement in Derek Luke. Uh, I felt that he he was a little bit more nimble, and uh, he did not um, like. How can I say it? He did not lose his marker that, that easily. And I noticed, and I think you talked about that uh, on Twitter when 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 you were tweeting uh, with Dynamo Theory about uh, Kai Green. He did not move up as much this this game as we're really used to. Yeah, that was you see with Kai Green, who I did a player profile on earlier this week. His First priority, clearly, defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but he typically is a guy who really gets involved in the attack, being as you know, crazy athletic as he is. 
he's definitely an asset moving forward. But yeah, watching that match didn't get forward a ton, but it didn't seem to hurt the team. Mm-hmm. And and Derek Luke played well. Obviously, I didn't see a ton of him in the preseason, but um, no glaring errors on his part. Really, on, on that. there wasn't really any glaring errors on anyone in the defense, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think one of the points that uh, Jerson talked about last week when we had him uh, when he had him on the show, and uh, I think this game, this Latin, this week's game, was uh, proves his point. And one of the things he said was that the attackers have their 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 job to do, which is defend, and that you're not going to help under the attack until you prove that you're able to and that you need to. So, for example, you have to fulfill your defensive duties first, and then you can think about attacking. Which we saw we saw a little bit of Kai Green, because I noticed that when he went up, uh, St. Louis kind of took advantage of that, and so. They tried to go with the long ball over to to that uh, to that uh, left or their left side uh, of the field, trying to take advantage whenever Kai Green went up, and so that's when you know he realized you know what you know he's gonna stay back, and it helps also that Zach Ride was actually doing a decent job out there on the wing. Exactly, I would much rather have a defender have an above average defensive game and not do much in the attack than have a average game in the attack but sub par game you know, on the back line. So mm-hmm. uh, I definitely think Gerson definitely is um, completely correct in that. And, man, that center back pairing of, of Adams and Donovan was great. Honestly, um, teams can win with very little attack or can at least, you know, come away with results, whether it's a win or a draw. Um, to have a defense like that is great. And then, you know, you score a couple goals here and there, you're in good shape. And Rochester has done that for five years now. So, uh, it's definitely nice to be comfortable back there. I don't think we were super comfortable to defense last year. Yes, definitely more comfortable this year. Yeah, and you know, and you know what? You know, just the fact that it's barely been one week and he's already uh, back back with you know training with the Dynamo, uh, Kyle Adams, and I believe the other one was. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think. I think Kai Green was up there. Yeah, well. Kai Green. It was Kai Green and Kyle Adams were both uh, training with the Dynamo uh, this past uh, few days. So we'll we'll be interesting. Hopefully, then they don't start poaching again. Uh, at least for at least let us have half a season with them, and then you can they can start thinking about poaching our players. But then again, you know the Dynamo have the final say. So now going to advance. We had in the midfield, we had come on. There we go. So we had with Zach Wright out in the as a right winger. We had uh, obviously our captain uh, Todd Warden. Uh, Saldivar as well uh, beside him, and then Chuy Enriquez. Chuy Enriquez, man, the fight that he brings to this team is phenomenal. I am r- extremely surprised at what he brings to the table. I'm um, I'm excited to see, just like you said, you know, he, he's a he's a fun player to watch as a neutral fan. Yes, just the skill he has on the ball, that aggressive mindset. In the past, we've had guys like Camilo Monroy, um, Pungo to an extent. Yeah, Irurbin. No, what was it? Arboleda? Kind of all of them. Mm-hmm. I think Which the great. yeah the play that really that really stood up to me was that one where he almost scored, um, where the defender was actually was trying to you know uh, jostle uh, and protect the ball so it'll go out, 
And somehow Enriquez just goes and, uh, goes through the side of him and, and takes the ball away and just hits one on one versus the keeper. I thought that would have been a spectacular goal if it had, if it had gone in, but it was just a it was just a quick reflexes that uh, you know that denied him the opportunity to score in his in his you can say debut with uh, with the Toros in in, in an actual official match. And um, I think. On your article, he also he also said you just you just see that confidence that he brings because, and the actually the the announcers were kind of mentioning about that and I remember because it, they were actually talking about your article, but he but he thought that he said that it was a, like a local, local newspaper, the where he said that he was he was going to bring uh, a lot of goals and uh, celebrations or something like that, so you know yeah I, I was sitting there. Sitting there watching that match, and, and I heard that, and for a second I was like, "Oh, that's a good quote." And I was like, "Man, that quote sounds awful familiar." So I, you know, I, I'm getting I'm getting up there in years. I'm 26 now, so I was yeah. like, "Let me look look back at the article." So as he's talking, I looked back at the article. I was like, "Oh, sure, that that was my quote." But uh, honest mistake from Mike Watts first week. He's a, he's a great announcer in the USL, but um, yeah, two years like you said that play before. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, it's a it's a skillful play, but it, it's an effort play. Yes. Those plays happen throughout a match. He easily could have just looked at that and said, "Okay, ball's gonna roll over the end line. They're gonna get a goal kick." But you know, playing in front of the home crowd, I think he wanted to you know make an impression. Mm-hmm. You know, beats the defender to the end line and has a you know heck of a shot from a tough angle. Yeah, and so then our final portions we have Pablo Aguilar and and as well as uh, Delgado. Who is actually a Spaniard? Uh, his name is. Where are you? I just saw you right now. It just says Delgado. That seems legit. But he—he he was another player that like surprised everybody because on I had not heard about him, and then he was made it to the starting eleven. And I don't know what I don't know what your opinion is, but I I think that Delgado was kind of like didn't really uh, come out. It was just like kind of like you didn't really see mo- uh, a lot of uh, a lot of plays from him. It was it was mostly, and I think he he was the one that that where he tripped or he slipped. It was it was Zach Zach Wright uh, crosses the ball to him and he slips before he can make some, a good contact with the ball. But I think that was that was pretty much it from what I had seen from him. Yeah, I think his I think Delgado's big thing was he was maybe a little tentative. He was more so waiting for delivery from Aguilar and the other guys in the midfield rather mm-hmm. than you know maybe trekking back a little bit and you know needing to create his own opportunity. I, I hello. Carson. I think we lost him. All right, hold on. Let, let me let me call you let me call you back uh, right now. Hold on. So, uh, so right now we're at we have four people watching. We have four people watching right now. Uh, so be sure to participate in the in in the chat if you have, guys have any questions or or anything you you want you want to talk about uh, on the show. Carson, are you there? I am here. Okay, yeah. For some reason, I I completely lost you. What what were you, what were you uh, mentioning about uh, Delgado? Uh, yeah, I was saying Delgado. I think he was pretty good in, in limited time. Like you said, he didn't make a huge impact on the match. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, I think he'll be good going forward. I think he just needs to maybe build some confidence up. But um, I also like Jordan Jones, who came on for him, you know, in that number nine role as well. I think he could be a pretty strong striking option. Yes. Yeah. So. So we had you had Jones that came in as a substitute. You had Victor as well, who came in for um, for Chuy Enriquez. And uh, who who else who else went? Oh, of course, John Montano. He was the one who who gave who who gave the assist like five minutes after he came in to uh, Pablo Aguilar. I, I really enjoyed really enjoyed that play. You know how he used his pace to to get past. You know just just that that one touch. You know he he was able to get that defender behind him and uh, able to find uh, Pablo Agu- Pablo Aguilar. But man, like, also Pablo Aguilar, like, even though the cross was a little bit behind him, he was able to control it in a way that was actually to, uh, worked in his advantage. Yeah, he definitely, that I think is going to be Aguilar's, one of his top skills is controlling the ball in close areas. Like you said, perfect touch around that defender. Um, not a perfect cross, but uh, perfect touch, great shot, and yeah. Montano, he did not waste time in making an impact. He that dude's got some serious speed. Yeah, hopefully, you know that that's a little tidbit of what's yet to come in the season uh, that they can they can get better. Hopefully, they're, we're able to maintain this team, you know, as a cohesive unit and not have much, uh, you know, too much movement where like some players move, go to the Dynamo, players coming in, you know. Uh, to the Dynamo kind of disrupt this this little chemistry because so far what I have seen I think this I'm actually happy the fact that this I guess you can say USL specific uh, team or roster that we have so far ha, you know looks really good on, really good on paper. Yeah, pretty deep team as well. I mean we we have some depth at center back, um, at fullback as well, and then uh, I mean two subs make an impact with Jones and Montano. So, yeah, as long as, you know, the guys don't go up and to the Dynamo, you also, I would say, you'll definitely see some players going down to the Toros, which um, not always a great thing, but definitely usually a good thing depending on the player and the mm-hmm. mindset. So, uh, maybe we'll see, like, kind of, you know, George Nazi hasn't had a chance yet coming off the concussion in the preseason. Maybe you see him play. Um, you know, maybe – some familiar faces, Charlie Ward, Eric Bird, any of those guys. Yeah, yeah, but on a, but they're gonna have to fight for 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 this spot, honestly, because uh, or if, if these these players that we have for some reason that you know they start you know lo- losing or kind of that motivation that that they have that in, that spark, they, they kind of they fall into a slump, then that might be uh, useful, kind of to not let their guard down. Uh, I can say, but. Uh, Carson, you have anything else uh, you want to you want to talk about? You want to talk about Llamas no, FC? Yeah, we don't have a you know stupid match this weekend. I don't know why we have a a bye after the first week and then play at 10 a.m. next week. But yeah, uh, no, I, I got not much. Check out the uh, player feature I did with Kai Green early in the week. He's definitely doesn't lack confidence, which I like mm-hmm. in, a, in a defender. He said he's you know, he's down to to lock down any offensive player he goes against, which is great. And then the bonus horns, of course, uh, today, because today is Wednesday. Definitely. Always a good read, man. And, and uh, yeah, you're always, you're welcome to 
always uh, give us a call whenever you got anything. And uh, so, Carson, where can they find first? Where can they find the Bull of its Horns, and where can they find you? They can find the Bull of its Horns at DynamoTheory.com, and then I am on Twitter at Carson A. Merck. Oh come on! You 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 got to you got to tell them your Instagram as well. <laughs> oh my Instagram! I, I bring the action something. Bring the action eighteen, I think. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, man, th- thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for for joining us today, uh, Carson. And uh, hope to have you back again. And um, I'll Always. be I'll, and I'll be retweeting uh, t- today's uh, bull and his horns for for our fans to see it. You're a good man. All right, man. Have a good night. Have a good night, man, and uh, good luck. Good luck to the uh, Las Vegas Lights, who actually won. They beat Fresno. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised. I was as surprised as anyone. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of, kind of, real quickly, what was up with the fact that now is technical director and his son is the coach or something like that? That was weird. That was also a surprise. They they kind of dropped that on everyone at their their away kit unveiling. Mm-hmm. Um, to my knowledge, the day-to-day roles won't change. Um, Chalice is still going to be the main guy on the sidelines. Um, you know, practice doesn't change much. Uh, from what I've gathered, Chalice, I think, had the biggest hand in choosing the players. Yes. And then also his uh, son, Isidro, is more of the tactician on the field. So I think they're almost just trying to make it make sense with the typical structure of a soccer team. So... It was definitely a surprise and kind of strange that they changed that right before the season, but um, doesn't seem to be affecting anything, you know, in play. Well, I guess you can say that's the Las Vegas style, but uh, man, thank yeah, you. That is true. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, hopefully, you're able to to make it down to uh, to the Rio Grande Valley um, for when the Toros play Las Vegas. That would be that would be beautiful. So what? Shirt swap or what? Yeah, for sure. All right, definitely. We'll be be looking forward to that, man. All right, buddy. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, guys. So that was uh, Carson Merck. Um, I am having problems with uh, with internet issues, which means that I will probably shut down the uh, live the live stream on YouTube uh, right now. Uh, but we'll continue to have the uh, we'll continue to record. We'll actually continue recording the episode. I'll go ahead and upload it um, whenever possible. And then uh, you can also find it on SoundCloud and all the other social medias. So we're actually going to have Ray Silva on. So uh, let's go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, cancel the live stream. And hopefully next week we're going to have the uh, uh, better luck with the internet. But we're going to continue with the local recording. So uh, be be sure to... uh, be sure to, to check us out. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe so you can get notifications when I actually upload the video. So uh, we'll see each other later, guys. All right, Ray, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Real good, real good. Yeah, I was uh, just having some weird issues with, with, the, with the internet. So it's, gonna, it's all going to be uh, recorded on the computer, and then I'll go ahead and, and upload it later, man. So... Um, Okay. Yeah. So, what what you think about the, uh, about the the game, Ray? Uh, it was a really balanced game for both teams. I felt like we had some opportunities to win the game. Uh, however, uh, 
St. Louis defensively uh, did, did all their assignments correctly. And thus, I, I think the 1-1 uh, uh, the draw was a fair result for both teams. Yeah, I think I, th- I think so too. Um, there were some, I guess, in the beginning, mm, they were surprised at how uh, explosive the the wingers were getting, especially Chuy Enriquez. But I think as the game progressed, they kind of they kind of were able to hold them back and then actually start creating chances of of their own. Um, you know, I was uh, like I was telling Carson, they were kind of taking advantage whenever Kai Green was was uh, moving up. You know, take advantage of, of that uh, that's that spot that he was that he was leaving vacant to try to get some uh, attacking options uh, for St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, it, either I mean either side had their chances to win it. Um, defensively, our set pieces were 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 somewhat shaky, but I think uh, the one one was a very very fair result. Uh, for both teams. One of the players that did stand out to me, in my opinion, uh, was Todd Wharton. He he was very explosive in the midfield, uh, winning a few key battles here and there, and even created some chances uh, for the Toros. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, Wharton, I mean, had had himself a nice night um, for the Toros uh, in the midfield. Uh, offensively, Saldivar uh, and Aguilar were two guys that were uh, that burned a lot of uh, that burned a lot of speed down the flanks and caused the trouble. Um, and, and, I, and I thought those were like the lone bright spots for the team. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Which players did you think kind of stood out by the fact that they weren't? I guess you can say it. Up to the to the level of as the rest of the team. Well, when when Gerson made the change to bring a more offensive mind of attack, I thought that uh, I felt that that was a very effective substitution for him, uh, thus creating the op- uh, creating more offensive punch for the Toros. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also defensively, when. Uh, when St. Louis uh, had the signing of, of one very dangerous Corey Hertzog, uh and they were able to neutralize him, uh, that that speaks volumes of how the Toros defended open play you know, with a dangerous striker with uh, Corey Hertzog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think, and I think one of the things that you were mentioning, and you mentioned it a couple of times. Um, during during the game was that your biggest concern was with the uh you know the free kicks you know Red defending pieces. yes yeah defending the free kicks i mean you know a lot of people use the cliche that that in tackle football there's three facets of the game and for and the same thing can be said about soccer set pieces is a one third of your important um, part of the game, and I think the Toros um, are still a work in progress when it comes to you said pieces. So yes, um, right now uh, it, it's early in the season for me to grade the Toros on on just one game, but 
it, uh, there's there's a lot to be hopeful for at the moment. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know. Do you like I meant I told Carson, but do you agree with it, or is or is it kind of like not really that much of uh, Nico Cordy's? I don't want to say faults, but you know. That he had, that he was kind of influential in, in that goal because I feel like I told him that as a goalkeeper you have to have command inside of your six yard box and it doesn't fare well when you have when the attacker actually heads the ball or makes contact with the ball clear contact with the ball inside the six yard box. Yeah, well, I kind of agree with your assessment because Forty uh, was being very mobile during the game real active, real uh, participant, trying to organize the back line and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, uh, believe it or not, I'm here at HEB Park, so if you hear the crowd roar, uh, please excuse that. <laughs> no uh, worries, man. What's uh, is, what's the score right now? Uh, in the uh, 30th minute, it is Chivas 1, Santos now. You have an idea who scored it? Um... It was a triple-digit number player by Chivas. Uh, and, and again, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in all of pro soccer, that, whether you play Europe or not. Please get rid of the triple-digit numbers. You're killing me. <laughs> yeah. I remember you you, uh, you messaged me that because I think in the roster it shows Nico Cordy being, being 232. Yeah, it, it's like, what? I, I was actually able to get a good clarification on that. It was the up the sports that sticker uh, that uh, that kind of messed things up there. Yeah, Nicholas Forty, and my, and my apologies um, to whoever I may have uh, sent out a, uh, a something about that. But uh, in fact, his jersey number will stand at zero yes. uh, for the season for Nicholas Forty. Yeah, if, I I know. I told you I figured I you know I thought maybe like he had like ninety nine or zero, but like two hundred and thirty two. I just yeah. thought that was just weird. But man, you know, I think I I understand what kind of going off on a little tangent here. But I think I understand why Liga MX wants to do something like that with the triple digit numbers when it comes to like the reserve players. But you know, when they when you actually move them to the first team, it's just ridiculous because even like the the fourth official boards, you know, they're it's only two digits, man. So it's yeah. Even the even the um, even when you do like uh, the scoreboard uh, substitution changes, uh, <laughs> it's only limited to like double digits. Yeah. And man, this this here is rocking and packed. I mean, I saw the pictures from Tigres Veracruz, mm -hmm. but this is. I mean, the house here is rocky. What can you estimate? What can you estimate the uh, the attendance? I'm going to say over ten thousand. If they opened up uh, standing room tickets, what? I'm going to say over ten thousand. No way. Are you? I'm, it is packed. I mean, holy smokes! Wow. I'm sitting here beside the. Uh, the table here by the scoreboard bar mm -hmm. of how full this stadium is. Wow. I mean, it is a, a nice panoramic picture. Both sides are like completely full. Yeah. I mean, it makes for a beautiful 
remarkable panoramic here. I think if you're able if you're able to get a get a picture like before like everybody starts starts moving, so that way that way you can post it on, on Twitter. That'd be excellent because you know I'm always used to seeing you know even with with theaters coming in probably like an 80, 75 percent uh, of uh, occupancy. I, I mean, I'm telling you, man, I, it took me at least a good half hour to go into the stadium, and even like two hours before the doors Mm-hmm. I mean, there were lines surrounding the parking lot. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy told me because he was there since like three, and he he mentioned to me that there were li- there were lines in all three gates. So you know, wow, that's that's awesome. And from what I understand, the chi- the tickets were not really that cheap. No, they no they weren't. No, they weren't. I mean, it, I mean, it was a pretty penny. Uh, for those people who afford it to pay. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know, even though we kind of, or I kind of make fun of uh, Chivas because they can't pack their stadium, but when they go outside their stadium, outside, you know, the, their home stadium, they pack the place wherever they go. Obviously, except for the yeah. Tigres and Rayados uh, stadiums. But other than that, like, there's a lot of Chivas fans. Over the last five years, here in the Valley, I say the soccer crowd has grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. Leaving behind in the dust baseball, basketball, hockey, and to a certain point, football. Mm-hmm. I think soccer has been the most uh, influential sport as far as popularity is concerned. Mm-hmm. So I mean, right now I'm. View- I mean, my goodness, it is, it is just something else here. Yeah. So what? How do you think? What is your idea? How can RGV be able to lure these Chivas fans to come in to the, watch the Toros become Toros fans? You know, kind of hook them. So that way we start seeing, you know, this attendance, maybe not the 10,000 or over 10,000, but at least, you know, 100% fill, uh, you know, filled up in the stance, you know, consistently. Easily. The answer is very easy. Uh, marketing 101, always market your team. Always market your team. Always have someone have representatives all over the stadium mm-hmm. have them all over the stadium offer them nice packages where they can be a relationship to and just market 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 you know sell your friends sell sell yourself so what is your assess- what is your assessment on that marketing right now at this at this game? Is it like bare minimum? I, it's bare minimum bones at the moment. They have the potential. Now, the question now becomes: Do they want to invest in order to bring people in? Because I've always said this in, in minor league sports. It's always going to take the first four to five years 
to try to lure your crowd into the best as And in order for you to do that, you gotta have you gotta have local people that know the market, that understand the tours, and that know what the environment is all about. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if by year three you're not seeing the results that you're supposed to be seeing, get ready for a turmoil fourth and fifth year. Uh, because I saw it first out with the Edinburgh Roadrunners. I saw it firsthand with the uh, Killer Bees. And believe me, marketing always makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Reach out to your local. Forget about the national. Focus on your local, and, and, and I've seen it be uh, been successful before. Once you get away from from your locals, you start shunning them. Mm-hmm. Believe me, the way they'll turn against you is that they won't show up. Yeah. Yeah, that, you you make some valid points, and um, I guess you can say, and we talked. <laughs> We talked about this, you know, before uh, uh, off air, but, you know, you're pretty much saying that this year is do or die for our GVFC as far as being able to attract well, the locals. The, the difficulty, but here's the most difficult thing about RGV, okay? A lot of the player side or a lot of the player management is done by Houston. Yes. Understandable on that. But once you have the local front office, there could be some solid, eff- some solid efforts uh, done on their behalf, and there goes a shot uh, parried wide by the defense. And I think we'll be getting a corner kick out of all that uh, scrum here mm-hmm. on the uh, north end, as of where I'm sitting from right now. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, the, this isn't the do or die year, but this is like the one year where uh, they've got to put. They've got to put in a little bit more resources into marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I I keep on beating a dead horse on it, but... Because because soccer can be very, very flexible, very survivable, but you got to have resources in order to survive. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we keep now, on... I, 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 I'm not one to question whether they have resources or not. But that's what it's going to take for them in order to get more people into the seats here in this stadium. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Because now, you know, you know that, for example, you have kind of like a a base team. You know, the Dynamo is going to look for the players to fill your roster. So that's going to be most of the, I think you can say most of the money that is used for for the team is done by the Dynamo. So uh, at least that's what I figure uh, how this hybrid relationship works. So the money you make out of tickets has got to be, you know, is the one that's going to be used for all of all of your your costs to maintain the stadium, to pay your workers, uh, you know, plus, you know, do the marketing because one billboard in Edinburgh, one billboard in Harlingen, one billboard in 
in uh, Brownsville is not is not enough. You have to mar- you have to market the team to the locals. Take advantage that you have two <laughs> local players right now. You have Omar Ontiveros yeah. and you have Victor Garza. Market them. Mark, market them. And they're kind of getting, I think they're kind of getting that idea with Toros TV. You know, they had you know, Victor Garza in an interview talking about, you know, in, uh, growing up here in the Valley, you know, his, his experiences. And so if you, you market them, you know, with Ontiveros, you might even, you can even, for example, you know, make cardboard cutouts. You have, I mean, you have good, good pictures. You can put cardboard cutouts, you know, all around, you know, stores all around that, especially with HEB being a sponsor as well as Whataburger and uh, even, I guess, the, even, even the hospital. I mean, you have, you have the channels to, you can successfully market this team. You just need to be willing to spend the money in order to do so because it's not build it and they will come you have to go and reach out to them lure them to your team make them fall in love with your team and then they will be able to 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 stay and have more of a diehard fan base rather than you know people that come in and they only come in for one or two games and they're like ah whatever you know or the results aren't there we're not going to go why why should i support the toros you know it's more along the lines you you get them to fall in love with the team that even though they're 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 not doing good they'll be there supporting you know en las buenas en las malas como decimos los regimontanos you know yeah and it's just something that you know that they i i think they can do a a little bit better of a job uh, as far as the marketing goes. Um, and, and, and that's just, you know, bottom line with the uh, team here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about close to getting to halftime here, and we still have the same scoreline at 1-0. Yes. Dave Chivas. Went back to the game here. Santos wearing their their mint green uniforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, wearing one of their uh, wearing the uh, mint green uniforms, and there goes a the ball carried into the uh, one of the luxury suites. So, so one zero forty first minute, forty first the match. 41st minute and who yeah. who ten who has more possession or who has dominated this game so far? Um by the looks of it it's Santos. San- then again no, no no official stats are, are being taken, so yeah. take that into consideration by the promoter of this match. <laughs> that is true. So so I'm I'm assuming I'm going to assume because you mentioned that the game or that the the goal that has been scored was scored by you know uh, a reserve player. So I'm assuming that yeah. for the most part both teams are using their reserve squads right now, or are they using or you know players like Pulido, like uh, you know uh, Janini Tavares, or what's what's yeah. Yeah, for the fun, for the most part, yes, they are using uh, reserves. They are using reserve side, mm-hmm. only to only to make that one final push towards the uh, Liga MX playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Santos being the main leader, Chivas trying to um, uh, trying to hold back everything for when they go to Houston 
or Dallas, uh, wherever their next exhibition it's, it's here, may be. It, it's here in Houston against Degas. <laughs> oh, boy. What a, what a dandy for you. I wish, I wish, but I have a I have a family wedding. I have to go in Dallas, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. Don't break it down now. It's it, it never fails, but you know, this whole this whole thing with Liga MX is really really interesting. How even even Chivas, it seems like Chivas does not play as bad as the standings make it to make it out to be. They're they're a weird team to analyze, honestly. Yeah, I mean, next Wednesday I'll be out here uh, bright and early for this 10 a.m. kickoff, or as I like to call it, let's, let's, put, let's sunbath the kids for a couple of hours. <laughs> no, definitely. That's actually what's, from what I heard, that's actually what they're doing. They're act, it's actually going to be like bringing kids from around, like schools around the valley to come watch the game. It's weird. I don't know, did RGB ask for this? I mean, every UFL team does this. Really? You know, there was a couple of times where I was uh, caught at work mm-hmm. watching a few kids' state games on my computer. So uh, I, I, I will plead, I will plead guilty uh, for doing that at work. Uh, <laughs> I watched uh, I watched Timbers two and Real Salt Lake, and then I uh, saw Seattle and Sacramento mm-hmm. uh, in kids' state games uh, last year. So. Guilty as charged. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting and um, like I said, it had never happened to us before. So that's, it kind of caught everybody off guard. It caught the stampede off guard. It caught okay. me. It okay. caught. Yes. Yeah, it caught. It, it caught everybody. I had one watch those And uh, yeah, you know, I, I just hope that that next that next season of the world gets to this game a little later in the season. You know, yeah, where the kids won't suffer the heat as much. You know, or early fall. You know, towards the tail end of the season, and hopefully you get to watch some exciting match with multiple goals. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's gonna it's gonna be really inter- interesting. What are your thoughts? Do you believe that the Toros will be able to win that game? From what you've oh, seen, well, like I said, to me, I mean, it, it, it's, it's gonna be difficult to play, but it's gonna be set pieces, mm-hmm. set pieces, set pieces uh, for this next upcoming game versus Reno. Uh, Reno capitalized a few of their own set pieces. They're all in the last game, so that's mm-hmm. going to be something that Thurston and the boys will need to uh, focus on uh, during during the week for training. Yes, I, I really, I really do hope so. I mean, honest, I mean, we know that they lost uh, Dane Kelly uh, for this year, but I mean, if they're able, they, but you know what's real interesting about that? What? Yes, they may have lost Dane Kelly, but I don't think he's. He's featured in the match for DC United. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that DC United made a bonded contract to get him on loan down the East Coast somewhere. One of those USL squads that they may have. Yeah, uh, lined up for him. <coughs> was it? Hold on. Let me let me check that real quick because I think yeah he was loaned. 
Shit about Carson. He is, he's with the Richmond Kickers. Well, there that explains it. Yes, yeah. He he was actually loaned to the Richmond from DC United, so it's gonna. We'll see. We'll see how uh, in the long term this is gonna affect uh, um, the uh, Reno the Reno team because he was one of the. One of their best, if not the best player. After all, he was fighting for that golden boot. In fact, he won yep. it. He won the golden boot last year. So we'll see. We'll see how they do. So you were there as well for the interviews, and I actually have them ready uh, right here to to dis to display them. Uh, so before I actually play play the videos and and uh, and let let you go, uh, what did you think? What what was your overall feeling on what Jerson, uh, Connor Donovan, and uh, Pablo Aguilar what, what they declared to the media? Connor Connor Donovan had a fine game for the um, He even said it in the post game interview that he kind of had like a bad lap during that set piece that allowed the goal to be scored. Mm -hmm. Um, Kirsten is very, uh, touched on some points that, that they can't, that they can't give away cheap balls out in the midfield, so it's something that they have to gain possession and win the midfield battle, and I think they're going to need another body like a Todd Ward to control and possess the midfield for a span of time, so that way they can, uh, so that way they can keep the opponent uh, on the heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's it was it was it was a good it was a good match. There's still a lot to learn, still some growing pains you can you can say, and uh, but hopefully hopefully they, they you know they keep on getting better. And uh, when you have a before because I know it's it's already gonna be nine o'clock and I'm gonna be ready to to sign out. Do you have any, any final words you wanna you wanna tell them? Tell the no no I mean no, I just. Like I said, I mean, it's going to be interesting going forward. Uh, I, I hope that the editorials can uh, can harp uh, what they talked about about holding possession and, and playing to defend the set pieces uh, as they go along uh, the season, because these opening three games are going to be a vital importance to get to now get seven points out of the nine available for them. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean they have to kind of back the, this whole this whole talk that Jerson had regarding that yeah. you know the that at home it has to be a strong house that we have to win as many as many points as possible and right now we've lo technically we've lost two points at home so you know even though it was a good display of football you still lost you still lost two points so we cannot we cannot uh, bear to to lose any any more. Uh, we have to minimize the points we, that we lose at home, because away, you know, it's a different, it's a different story. You know, Houston has a problem playing away. RGV tends to have a problem playing away as well. So we have to capital, capitalize as much as we can the uh, the points that, that we win at home. I'm assuming it's halftime already. Yes, it is halftime. One nil, two up. All right, man. So, uh, where can they where can they find you, man? Hard picker eighty six is on Twitter. Uh, Ray Solo one at uh, on Instagram or on Facebook. Ray Silva one. Mm -hmm. 
All right, man. So be sure to be sure to follow Ray Silva. He is gonna be. Uh, he's our newest collaborator for Down in the Valley, and uh, we hope uh, next time I, I head down there, we actually have a you know a fa face to face uh, chat talking about the Toros. So uh, be be on the, be on the lookout for that. I'll see if I can uh, plan something uh, with uh, R RGV uh, Media to hopefully we can have an ep episode uh, live fr from from the stadium. Um, because I think last time I wanted to, it just didn't happen. But then again, that was all yeah, planning. Everything you want place, period. Yeah. Eh. And all right. It's growing pains. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man, Ray. Uh, thank you. Right. Yeah, no problem. Right. Enjoy the game. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. So uh, before we leave, we also we do have some. Um, I do have some comments that we kind of didn't talk about uh, that I really wanted to say. One of the things that kind of troubled me from the, this, uh, this past game uh, on Friday against uh, St. Louis is that in the couple of first 15 minutes, um, and we kind of touched up upon that, that I guess you can say St. Louis was kind of surprised how explosive RGV was with possession, trying to find the wings, especially uh, Chuy Enriquez. And so you notice, you notice that uh, the stats said, I believe we were at like 69%, uh, maybe even more, maybe even like uh, mid-70s uh, mid percentage of possession uh, compared to uh, St. Louis. And then at the end of the game, when everything kind of started leveling down, you noticed uh, that St. Louis actually ended with 51% possession and uh, Toros with 49%. So... The problem I see is that you had all this possession and we weren't able to capitalize on it. We had some opportunities to do so, but we just didn't have the accuracy up in front in order to take advantage of those of those chances. Granted, also the goalkeeper, the St. Louis goalkeeper, uh, was actually uh, had, some, had a couple of spectacular saves. But you have to take advantage uh, if you're if you're out there, you know kind of drilling and drilling on, on, on your opponent, especially if you're at home. You're going to have to try to take advantage of that, score as many goals as, as possible that way. Whenever it does happen that the, the, the opposing team kind of starts leveling out the field, you actually have some advantage. You can actually even even play along with their desperation uh, and they maybe even take advantage to get more goals. But then again, it's easier said than done. But I just felt that it was something I really wanted to touch up upon, that you have to take advantage when you have a majority of possession, you got to take advantage uh, of that momentum because it might happen that, and it did happen, where St. Louis actually had more momentum in the first half. And, and so thankfully they did not capitalize on that either. But in the second half, it was, it was, estaba mas parejo, you know, and they took advantage with uh, uh, John Montaño. Uh, his cross to uh, Pablo Aguilar, and he was able to capitalize. But then five minutes later, you 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 lose, uh, you, you get scored on 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 a, on a set piece, you know. And before that set piece, another quirk that I had, and I just didn't mention it before, was the fact that Nico Cordy, I don't know why he tried to go for the ball because. I did not see Kai Green touch the or deflect that cross from the St. Louis uh, player. So it was heading out for a goal kick. I had no idea why Nico Cordy wanted to play for the ball. 
and he pretty much gifted a corner to St. Louis, and that corner resulted in the goal. So, you know, it's kind of these little lapses of lack of concentration that might hurt us. So if we can keep concentration, and it actually also happened in the San Antonio match where um, everybody, the when they were playing the, the scrimmage, the 35-minute scrimmage after the, the 90 minutes, um, San Antonio scored, and the problem was that everybody thought that it was offside. So nobody kind of went for the ball. Uh, obviously, the San or yeah. Was it offside or was it that or was it that the ball they thought the ball was going out, the defender and the attacker managed to get to the ball, go and goes up against the, you know, uh I think it, I believe it was Nico Cordy, and he just and he just passed it in for for an easy tap in for the Senate uh, for the other San Antonio. I don't was it um what's his name? El Pelon. Anyways, it'll come back to me. But basically, that's what happened. So you gotta, you gotta, we gotta make sure that we minimize as much as possible the uh, the lack of concentration. Uh, we have to be uh, completely concentrated for the ninety min for the ninety plus minutes. I was gonna say ninety minutes, but it's ninety plus because obviously the the stoppage time also is part of the game. So it, it anything can happen in one minute. Uh, my dad always says that, and it it always. It always seems to happen. You can think that the game, you might think that the game is over and you have the three points in the bag and then all of a sudden, like, in less than a minute, then you get scored on and the momentum changes and everything. America también in that final against Tigres. Um, so I think that was that's pretty much it that I wanted to talk about, that I kind of want to mention about this uh, home opener. Um, I was really... Really, really surprised in a good way. So hopefully we can we can build from there and uh, be a really competitive team this this season. And uh, so thank you all for for watching this video, for listening to us on uh, the podcasts, uh, whether it's SoundCloud, whether it's Apple Music, Google Play Store, Stitcher. Uh, thank you all for for your support for Down in the Valley. Um, we hope to be growing, and uh, hopefully we can fix these little, little little issues on YouTube. But other than that, you know, really appreciate your support. Uh, be sure to participate uh, on my Twitter. Come on, don't, all right. on my Twitter, I posted two pictures of potential. It's two potential designs for uh, summer scarf that I want to sell. But I want you all, the fans. I want you all to. Tell me which one do you prefer, and I'll be uh, putting. I'll be. Uh, it's already actually pinned on my profile uh, on downinthergb.com. So be sure to vote on there. Which one would you prefer to buy? Which one would you buy? Which one do you prefer for me to make? And uh, hopefully, in the in the future, uh, I will uh, order. I will actually announce if enough people are are interested in purchasing it. I'll be uh, taking care of pre-orders. Uh, for those uh, those scarves, have them made, and then um, um, deliver them uh, to y'all, whether in person at the game uh, at at one of the RGBSC games, or I can send it to y'all through through the mail. But uh, first things first, uh, please please let me know which one you prefer, which one you want me to sell, 
and uh, then everything else comes after. Uh, when you do buy, if you do buy the, the, the scarf whenever they are available, and if I make them, you will receive a Down on the Valley sticker for free. So uh, beyond, beyond that, um, check us out on Twitter, like I said, at, at, at Down on the RGB. Check, check out our uh, website, downinthergb.com. Check out our articles that we have there, pictures that we will have uh, uh, since uh, Cesar is, is, is back with us. Uh, he'll be available to take more pictures uh, that we can put on, on the website. Uh, we all, you can also check out our download section. Uh, check, out, check out our friends at uh, the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, check their website at bgn.fm. Check uh, their Twitter. Follow them on Twitter uh, at the BGNFM. Um, check out other the other USL podcasts, whether it's Sock Takes, the USL Show, uh, Play the Kids, uh, Back Chat Show, and many, many others, as well as Raising Bulls is, an, is another good one. Uh, Rising is one for Phoenix Rising. So uh, be sure to catch, uh, give them their support as well. Uh, support all... Um, all of the BGN FM podcasts, uh, when, if you have time, follow their social media, uh, you know, be sure to subscribe to their podcast to make sure you, so you won't be able to, so you won't miss, uh, any episodes that they have. Um, what else? Uh, check out as well, our friends, uh, at Dynamo Theory, um, dynamotheory.com. Check out also big uh, shout out. Uh, also, I'm, I'm just going to be start t- telling all of the Dynamo uh, slash RGBFC influencers. Uh, be sure to follow as well dyna- the Dynamic Foxtrot, uh, my friend Andres from uh, uh, the Foxtrot uh, at Dynamic Foxtrot uh, on Twitter. Uh, he also has a website, so be sure to check that out. Uh, let me go ahead and tell you what the website is. His website is actually dynamicfoxtrot.com. Check out uh, his articles as well. Uh, and he also tweets during the game, so be sure to, to follow them. Follow him if you haven't already. Uh, you can follow my, my personal account, although I wouldn't recommend it, um, at eochoa underscore eight. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, thank you all for... for <laughs> Checking, checking out the, this video, checking out this, uh, this podcast. Um, also check out our uh, sponsors or BGN sponsors, which is uh, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of the USL, NA, uh, MLS, and uh, NCAA. So until next time, my name is Edson Ochoa from Down in the Valley. Uh, take care. Uh, I, will, I will be posting right now. I'll be playing the... Uh, the interviews that uh, Ray was able to get for me. So uh, take care, guys. Where we can improve individually and as a team, individually, um, I think as, as Coach Jason said, we need to keep the ball a little bit more, uh, maybe get more touches in, uh, maybe uh, have the rhythm of the game, uh, touch the ball more, and also a little bit defensively, uh, maybe close a little bit, the ga- uh, a little more gaps and everything. But I think overall for our first game, it was pretty good. How did you feel playing here, first time here, late to be part? Um, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, really appreciate the fans coming out and supporting us. Uh, really enjoyed it. It's a really nice stadium, a uh, really nice uh, atmosphere, and a great, great team that we played against, so it was, it was great. Um, real quickly, when you scored that goal, what, what went through the mind that you had to make that last run in order to get the ball through the defender? Uh, 
when you're playing, uh, things happen so fast that you don't know what uh, what happens. Uh, once I got the ball, I knew that when I turned, uh, I had the free a free shot, so I took it and uh, I scored. Thank God. <laughs> Eh, muy contento, muy contento, muy emocionado. Obviamente es, es un sueño para mí eh, meter un gol en mi debut. Eh, lastimosamente no se nos dio el resultado que queríamos, pero bueno, la verdad es que, que estamos contentos y obviamente se puede mejorar en varias cosas como equipo, individualmente, pero eh, haber metido ese gol para mí es, es una gran alegría. Okay. Sí, este, debutamos con un empate. ¿Qué son los positivos de este partido que se puede llevar para el Hay muchas cosas positivas, eh, creo que el esfuerzo del equipo fue muy bueno, creo que creamos varios chances, creo que tuvimos el balón, especialmente en la primera parte, creo que jugamos muy bien y obviamente se puede mejorar varias cosas, pero para hacer nuestro primer partido con un equipo básico, con nuevo entrenador, un montón de jugadores que no, que no están aquí el año pasado, la verdad que creo que fue un, un buen partido para nosotros y bueno, se puede mejorar mucho ahora eh, en las siguientes dos semanas y, y nada, darle con todo para el, para el siguiente partido. Gracias tenemos que mejorar porque sabemos que cuando el viento está a favor del otro equipo esos tiros de, esos tiros de esquina tiros libres, todo eso son muy muy peligrosos por ahora el, el, el factor del viento, entonces ah, no, podemos regalar el, no podemos regalar esas cosas En lo personal, debutar en casa Espectacular, siempre rico rico ah, la hinchada estupenda la cancha estupenda, todo, todo, todo lo único que fuéramos querido con un resultado mejor para que todos todo nos fuéramos ido con una sonrisa más grande. Bueno, gracias, profe, ahí estaremos siguiéndolo. Muchas gracias. Profe, en el individual, Pablo Aguilar, eh, de menos a más, empezó el partido eh, repegado al centro, sin embargo, estuvo, estuvo mandando los balones y al final la, vino la recompensa de gol. Sí, sí, creo de que es algo de que lo tenemos jugando en, en otra posición diferente, está, está jugando más de 8 que de 10, uh, por, ya, porque pues, yo sé que Houston lo ve más como 8, uh, entonces tiene que trabajar, tiene que aprender ciertos movimientos.